we, people don't realize that they each of us were facing 106 years of minimum sentencing if they if wow. they won. Oh they were they were trying gosh. to destroy completely destroy our lives. The unlikely trio. The unlikely trio. It's called the unlikely trio on Spotify, on Anchor. Yeah, we just started it. Oh my. Well, boys, here we go again, episode seven. This time we have very special guests who who will be joining us here in just a second. Uh, Ammon Bundy, who also happens to be running for governor of the state of Idaho and has had some amazing adventures. Uh, so we're super excited to get it, kick it off and get started. All righty. Uh, there you are. That's Ammon. Can you hear me okay? We can hear yeah, you. Sound, sounds good. All good on this side. So, so you know the voices that uh, this is Jake here. We got Kai. I'm Kai. Kai. Nice to meet you, Ammon. Good to meet you. And this yeah. is Jesse, Jesse Bundy. I'm Jake's younger brother. You might have seen me running around. Probably He's, a few times. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> He's the, the little redheaded pudgy dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're going to remember he, him. He's not so pudgy anymore, but. No. <laughs> Ammon, we're we're super stoked to have you on, man. I mean, pumped to have you come on here. I know that, like, I I've got a bit of a history, like, around your family and around uh, you, and watching you as like a role model in my life, like growing up, you know. And uh, so I had this coworker, kind of how this all came about. You know, we're, we started this um, podcast and he's like, well, why aren't you getting your cousin on? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm not sure he'll, he'd want to talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) So be honest. So uh, anyway, and I was like, well, uh, you know, I'll reach out. I was obviously, you know, Molly's age, um, Molly's your younger, younger sister. And um, she, so I hung out with her a lot more when I was you know, younger and 16, 17, that kind of thing. And so I reached out to her and, you know, she shot me back and said, Hey, yeah, you're free. I was like, I know, I know he's gotta be busy. I mean, (laughs) I am busy. I've been, I've been, this is the fourth interview I've done today. So, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're used to it, but we, I mean, honestly, so thankful like to take Mm -hmm. out a few minutes and, um, Oh yeah. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. We appreciate yeah. it. Well, hopefully this hopefully this interview is more of like a relaxed, fun interview. I'm sure you sure. get a lot of really intense uh questions and trying people to understand, you know, where you're standing and everything, but hopefully this is a little more light for you. Hopefully I can react to light and we can have fun here. Yeah. You know, all work <laughs> and no play makes J- uh Jake no make Jack a full, uh, a dull boy, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> So just background with the family, Um, Jake and I, our dad is John, who's son of Clarence, son of Roy, son of Abraham. Ammon, you got to take us back with your your line there. So it's very close to yours. So my dad is Cliven, Mm -hmm. son of Dave, son of Roy, son of Abraham. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, we are pretty close then. Nice. I think that's awesome that you guys do that and have such a close – you know, outlook of your genealogy. Cause I, I actually am. And I went to one of their, one of your guys' reunions. And that, <laughs> awesome. that, was, a, that was a blast. You, you know, that experience. was something I, I experienced, you know, everyone, when they introduce themselves, they know exactly who, you know, they came from and, and their stories. I thought that was amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it wouldn't have ha- it wouldn't happen if we didn't have that reunion. Um, so, something about it ties us together, and we always have a, you know, we always have a Sunday morning. Uh, I guess it's a service where mm-hmm. we talk about our ancestors and tie those back all the way to Abraham. Well, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say I'm pretty sure Jesse's in there too. Cause I did, <laughs> did a little research. I, I had to see where my name came from mm. and I'm, I think maybe two or three before there's a Jesse in there somewhere. So awesome. you know, got to have a strong name there. Yeah. Well, to that point, And one of the reasons that I I'm super stoked to have you on is, is, you know, what, what the Bundy name, you know, actually means to me as a person is beyond what the average person like treats it as, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, I do. And you know, like, it's all a big joke to everybody else. They're like, Oh, you're Bundy. Oh, you know, Ted or, Oh, you know, this or that or the other. But like, I don't, you know, they just don't understand like the familial history and like the strong line of Patriots and good, good, hardworking individuals that, that conquered the West. And, you know, that really, um, you know, that history that's there is a Bundy, you know? So do you get that a lot? Do you ever, do you get the, the Bundy jokes all the time? Oh yeah, I used to more, um, but and my dad would always go, "Oh, they they ruined a good name, you know, or they're trying to ruin a good name, you know." And uh, <laughs> uh, he he would, but that name does at least to those who know who the Bundys are and those who carry that name it means something. It's very special, and um, yeah, I am very grateful to be a Bundy. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I do have to say that you must be one absolutely handsome devil. I'm going to tell you that now because every, everybody, everybody comes up to me and they're like, man, you look like Ammon. Like, you know, and I'm like, yeah, well, he must be one handsome dude, you know? And I think he is. I think he is. That's awesome. I've got, I've got the beard down and I don't have the nice. black cowboy hat. I need to, nice. I need to get that. But I, I definitely oh. have, you know, a few features like Ammon. So people are always like, you look like Ammon. I'm like, well, that's cool. Yeah. He's a handsome yeah. dude. well anyway um moving on to my connection and kind of i guess i'm i'm the one that knows you a little more than than the others and not to say that you know i was like super we were super close or anything but just that uh i kind of was that younger generation watching you guys um you know at the reunion and down on on cliven's farm and and that type of thing right and and uh so our our connection Mike I'm ex- I'm oh. kind of a I'm anticipating a little bit uh, curious to to uh see what it was from your view. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm excited I'm excited yeah. to tell my view to be honest. Yeah, yeah this this is going to be really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, so like I said my connection is though like all right, I'm like 16 years old. Um I'm the first time I met uh Molly and those guys down there, like I was, I this sixteen-year-old swimmer. I dyed my, I bleached my hair, and um, we were at some family event in St. George, and they all come over and grab me and want me to dance, and I'm just like, I don't dance, you know. I'm like, this is not something I do. Anyway, uh, and then the reunion happens, and then I, I'm like, I'm a dancer now because right. one is like one of the first times I ever even remember you is out on the dance floor, like at the Bender Union. 
mm-hmm. and you're like twirling girls around and I mean, this man has some serious moves on the dance floor. Am I wrong in that, Ammon? <laughs> well, I hate I hate to do a little bit of bragging, but we, you know, I, I, I could cut the rug pretty good, I guess. <laughs> you can seriously cut the rug. And I remember being just absolutely impressed. I was so impressed that, like, it, it drove me. Your family drove me to dancing. And not to drinking, but to dancing. <laughs> so that's a good thing yeah because i always i i've always you know i look back and say and i remember you dancing so i i never knew there was a point where you you didn't dance but now your family was out nebraska is somewhere out there weren't you out in the midwest somewhere for a while yeah i mean jesse speak this more but we were in in missouri so okay missouri yeah yeah but i i grew up more in st george so i kind of two two halves you know uh-huh. yeah. yeah when we were young uh well when i was young because we kind of have two halves of the family here i grew up uh was it 15 year difference between me and jake okay so definitely two halves of that coin when jake got back from his mission that's when the family kind of migrated out to the midwest and the midwest you'd think that it'd be more developed and sophisticated but it's really the wild <laughs> west out there so we had you know plenty to deal with out there but uh that was a, a whole other adventure out there. So, right. Yeah. I just remember you being out there uh, for a while. And yeah. anyway, so yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Big history out there. The main thing that I, I don't even know if you remember it, um, but I went down to the ranch one time with Wiley. Do you remember Wiley Hughes? I do remember him. Yep. Yeah. So Wiley and I, we went down to, to visit Molly and the girls and, and we get down there and I, we're thinking we're going to hang out. Right. So we're all thinking this is going to be this like a fun hangout time, you know, whatever. <laughs> we got down there and like Cliven just like, he's like, all right, perfect. More hands. Here we go. Like it was just work, right? Like, hey, you, you can have fun working. Come on. We're going right. to go, go pick some melons. So yeah, we spent the whole day like picking melons. And then like we came back to the house and we shucked some corn. And, and then like that evening, and I don't know if you remember this, but you guys had gotten that um a dozer stuck in the pond okay do you remember? and so this dozer's out in the middle of the pond and it turns into be this like uh big like king of the hill battle with yeah. all all of us do you remember that i do remember that that was fun that was yeah, a blast that, actually what a blast i mean i remember yeah. <laughs> in the water like just barreling on top of each other uh-huh like, yeah that sliding was down the mud i mean that was <laughs> that was a memory that i'll have forever awesome. i know we and we always we always played intense you know so which is kind of kind of what the you know bundy blood blood brings us i think it brings us that i don't know work hard play hard anyway that was fun that was a lot of fun right yeah I'm more of a play hard kind of guy, but uh, uh, speaking <laughs> to that effect, we, we, you know, our podcast kind of focuses on the adventure on the playing side of things. And to tie into that, I just got to ask, you know, as being in Idaho where there's so many, you know, beautiful scenery, the dirt biking, the side-by-side stuff, are, are you in, in any of that? Uh, you know, like dirt biking, side-by-sides, that kind of thing. So I used to be, and I do have a couple of four wheelers, but my adventures here have been very, um, active but not so much fun uh like i said i need to have a little bit more fun i just i'm so involved get so involved in 
everything that's going on here and trying to mm-hmm. secure uh, our liberties here that I, I don't spend as much time having fun. Although we, you know, I've, I've, we've, uh, I've gone snowboarding with the kids several times. That's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and we, we do a lot of de- camping and stuff. And so, we've had our fun but uh there this is a, this is an awesome area and we live right on the right on the edge of the mountains right it's kind of the kind of the prairie and then you've got the mountains and we live right on the edge so it's it's really a great place to live to have a, a variety of things to do um anyway if you had more time what what do you feel like you'd kind of lean more into doing what would be if if you just had a week two weeks to just do whatever you wanted out here in Idaho what would be the adventure of your choice well i would i love uh you know uh dirt bikes especially like uh cross country you know just go on a on a bike for hours or even if possible even days would be a blast um yeah um and kind of the same same thing with hiking and so forth. I love to just hike and for several days. If I've done that several times, uh, only one time up here actually with the with a youth group. But um, and go go where no man has gone before. You know, even though there's not yeah. much of that anywhere around here, I like to go areas where you know where you, you could you know that there's very few people that have ever been in that area before. That's fun. Uh, I used to do that down in Nevada too, down in the Gold Butte area and all of that. There's just a ton of area in there that not very many people have gone and it's fun to kind of explore that and spend time out there. Yeah. You get this kind of silent, almost peace, you know, when you're out there alone, just almost lost. And that's for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Jake's been taking me uh, hunting up there and uh, you know, this last season or two, and, you know, before out in Missouri, we've talked about this on previous podcasts, you sit in a tree and you wait, you know, you sit in your stand and, you know, you kind of wait for the deer to move and you make sure you're in the right spot. But out here in this country, you know, you're hiking, you're working, you're doing your thing and you got to put the work in to find something. And, <laughs> and that's where I started to realize, you know, how beautiful the country is and how, you know, being grateful for that. Like I said, we've mentioned some of that in on our hunting podcast here a couple weeks ago, but it just makes you real grateful and, and see kind of, you know, the hand of God and things and in creation and uh, this beautiful country. I mean, yeah. hunting, hunting brings that out of you, you know, it does. That's, that's like uh, gathering cattle on the Bundy ranch. I mean, it's, it's like an adventure. It's like hunting, oh. uh, hunting deer uh, because <laughs> they're oh, so yeah. spread out. <laughs> And, uh, you know, growing up, we would, I mean, it was a very common thing because you either, you've either got to trap them around the waters or you have Mm -hmm. to just rope them. And so, you know, there'll be a lot, growing up, this was something we did all the time. You got four or five or maybe six uh, horses in the back of the uh, trailer. They're already saddled Mm -hmm. and you come up and you, you know, see some cattle far off. You try to get to where they can't really see you, unload the horses. And then it's just a race and you rope as many calves as you can, you know, throw them down and then come back later. You throw them down, hog tie them, come back later and then brand them and work them and then let them all back up. And so that's, that's, you know, that's a little bit like hunting because I mean, you're just, you never know you're going to run into them and you never know how many, many, how many, 
and uh, mm-hmm. and then it's just a race to to rope them and and uh, brand them and, and work them. So a lot of fun. Yeah, I can kind of relate to that a little bit. I mean, Wiley and and the Hughes run their cattle a lot of times out on the Arizona Strip, and mm-hmm. you know when, when I was younger, I I was best friends with Wiley, and we would, you know, we'd go out there and and help out, and it, it is it's crazy. Like you, you got to know where they're going, you got to know the terrain, you got to know how to cut them off, like, um, <laughs> and then you got to be careful too. Like I, I've been yeah. chased by a few more than my share of bulls or or cows that are mad at me too. So. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, uh, yesterday, I've uh, been helping my kids. They've got some show steers and they're just, you know, some Angus and we've been walking them, but they're kind of getting them halter broke. And so they'll throw their head around a little bit and fuss and kind of, and I was like, man, if these were my dad's cows, they would just <laughs> run us right over. I mean, <laughs> the, the temperament. They're not afraid are, of you. <laughs> no, they're so much different. There's so much more, so so much more wild and and uh, and free than these cattle. So, and the temperament is just different. It's been bred in them to survive out there. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and that's a, yeah. that's a black and white difference to Missouri. My, because my dad john he he ran some cows we were out in missouri and you know it's green as can be almost year round the moisture that falls is just you know out of this world i mean you just you get per day what you get per year you know out here so right you know you barely have to do much you just throw a you know bale of hay out every once in a while maybe some grain and, and they're good but so i remember when i was really young he would just put around in the truck you know have me run around you know they those things were pampered. Those are some pampered cows. Well, yeah, if you get some good milk, he whistle. Know, good, yeah. He come out and whistle, and they'd all just come running. Oh, they come running. They, they <laughs> knew he had, them, he had them trained to the whistle, so <laughs> it wasn't nearly as as uh, oh, epic adventure. Although it got adventures. You branding cows it doesn't matter who you are. You learn how to swear. Yeah. yeah. Matter where you're at. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so, so. Well, it all sounds well, like hard work, and I think uh, that's a trait that's not found nowadays is finding fun and excitement in hard work you know finding a a desire to work hard and and having a good time doing it and i i imagine that's that's pushed you to be able to succeed in other areas of your life as well oh for sure i i i always say um well at least commonly say that the the most um beneficial skill that i learned from my father was how to work uh, and produce uh, because, you know, you could be out there working and, and kind of spinning your wheels. Uh, but I learned from my father and, and my grandfather um, how to, you know, use your energy and work hard, but also to be able to work smart to produce. And uh, yeah, I, I, uh, that, I mean, that's been a, a, uh, an important skill in my life and i'm very very grateful i learned it at a young age well i mean saying that too is is that like that that hard work and and everything i mean look at everything that you've been through and i'm sure there's you know people can get on youtube and find Ammon bundy and you know know all that history and everything that you've been through over the last you know 15 years or so um but if you look at Ryan and you and, you know, in your family, like you're not dumb people, 
You know what I mean? Like you're not dumb people. You're very smart and and you're driven. And it's a well, testament I mean, for well, where you might you might have to get more witnesses on about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, li listen, I, with with, uh, with doing the right thing comes opposition, right? I mean, oh yeah, with, with, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like I I really like um, if you if you think about it, I mean, didn't uh, Ryan take up his own uh, legal fees over all that? I mean, didn't didn't he become his own lawyer? Yeah, he he uh, did what they call Siri Juris, or you know, some people relate it to pro se, uh, where he he uh, was his own attorney and represented himself, if you will, in in the courts. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, he did a great job. He was, uh, I mean, it, it was a perfect dynamic, and it was one that we uh, we did intentionally, where uh, he was his own representative if you will. And I had attorneys and we worked as a team and the things that our attorneys couldn't say because they would, they would literally be sanctioned for, uh, Ryan right. would say, Ryan would say it. And, and, um, it worked very, very well because we, we were able to get the truth in front of the jury in a way that otherwise attorneys would be afraid to say such things and do such things. And anyway, it worked out really, really well. I mean, like, like that alone, like the courage it takes, like, like me, I'm, I, I look at me, like if I'm in that situation, I'm like, uh, okay, what do I do? You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'd be, uh, I'm not afraid to say that I'd be lost, you know? Yeah. And, and he did it very well. I mean, he, you know, he did it very well, uh, even, even the first time. And, um, and we kind of give you a little bit of perspective. I mean, the federal government put their best attorneys on trying to just, you know, destroy us. They spent a hundred million dollars prosecuting my family. It's crazy. Wow. And so it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, that's nuts. That's yeah. I mean, that is you know, so crazy. So it's not only that, you know, representing himself and what we did was, you know, amazing, but we did it against literally the best attorneys in the world and we beat them. Oh man. I mean that, and look, look, so someone, somebody asked me is like, do you think Ammon can win? I immediately say, yes, I a hundred percent believe he can win because this man is no ordinary man. I mean, honestly, like, like he's, he comes from a different stock and I happen to be maybe a little distant, but I happen to be from similar stocks. So, okay. You know, okay. That's awesome. So I'm going to rub my shoulder a little bit, but that's what I'm going to say. If I get into some issues, Jake, and you try to come be my legal representative, believe me, that's not happening. Okay. Uh, oh, what a world. What a world. <laughs> It is. It is a, on, on top of that, too, we were we were fighting this in terrible conditions. We were in solitary confinement most of the time. Uh, anyway, it was it was quite a it was oh. a miracle. It was a miracle, though. I mean, it's very. It would be disingenuous, wrong for us to to say that we did this with you know on our own without the help of the Lord, because that's just the fact. The Lord would give us little directions uh, here and there quite often, actually. And that gave us the advantage over, you know, these attorneys uh, that were so well-funded and wanted to destroy our lives. And 
uh, and that that made that made the difference. So those the the things that we were you know directed and guided to do, and then us doing them the best we could. Of course, that's 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 important. It has to be part of it. Uh, but we were able to you know beat them in their own court with their own rules while we're in solitary confinement and spending so much money trying to destroy us and their teams were massive and it was it was amazing and and doing it <clears throat> under that situation and we people don't realize that they each of us were facing 106 years of minimum sentencing if they if wow. they won oh they were they were trying gosh. to destroy completely destroy our lives wow that's that's insane i mean to look down the barrel of that is yeah. alone alone and and i know you're a family guy like i mean i i don't you know i don't know your family very well and uh so how many kids do you I've have got six kids three boys three girls at the time when they first threw me in my my youngest son was had just turned one years old and i came home on his three-year-old birthday wow 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 I, what I, what uh, is it, Ammon, that allows you to have that courage to to stand up, even though there is that high risk of loss? You know, like the time away from family and and different things like that. What what is that underlying burn that drives you to stand up for what's right? Well, you know, at first when I came to the ranch in 2014 and saw what was there it was like a i mean there was it was like a scene out of the hollywood movie red dawn you know with m ramps and helicopters and a military base and guards and all of that and that that like shook me like you know it, it caused me to wake up uh um but you know i i don't know i think I think a lot of it is rooted in how, how we grew up, um, growing up on the ranch, you know, growing up out of, uh, you know, always kind of outside of town and just the challenges that we faced growing up at, at quite a young age. Yeah. I think a lot of that has to do with it that, you know, that, and I, and I realized at a young age as, as well that like, if you don't, really put everything you have into it most hard circumstances that that really bring a lot of um that really reap a lot of reward uh, can't be accomplished unless you just kind of lay it all out and right. um and that but but then overall it's just like you know i know i know the god lives um i know that when we do what is right um we will and even if it costs us our life or whatever else the situation may be, I know that God will make it all right in the end and that he will heal us and that we will be, uh, you know, rewarded because of, of him. And so, you know, it is a faith thing and um, it's, it's always been that way. That's awesome. And I, I can see that because, you know, you've already accomplished so much. You've already been beaten down a lot and come out on top. But the fact that you're still, I mean, you're running for governor. You're still standing up. You're still fighting for it. I mean, faith is in the future. Hope is for the future. You're, you're not living in the past. You're continuing that fight. Um, that, that tells a lot about you and that you truly do have those, um, 
those beliefs in God and, and those, those strong values that you, you learned as a kid that truly do drive you. And that's, that's really commendable. Yeah. The, I mean, we, we are in a situation right now and, and I would say the, you know, by far people are just barely starting to understand that. But what happened to my family clear back in 2014, which it's hard to believe that it's coming up on eight years, but what happened back then uh, made us, you know, ultra aware of what, what is coming and what is that was actually is already here in this country. So uh, we, you know, I also look at it like, look, if we do not resolve the problems that, are facing us now um, our children won't have much of a future and so you know there's that part of it too Um, and then you know just I was I I also got into business when I was really young I you know I was always doing something clear back from the time I was 15 I had a little business little welding business and then I got into uh, several other things, and then I started a business that I was in most most of my you know life was fleet maintenance business, and I started those all from scratch wow. and um, built them up and and they and doing that is very difficult too because you're always dealing with you know like at the beginning you're always dealing with finances and you know you're I remember going and this is a true story i i was going to to a meeting to finalize a huge million dollar millions of dollars a year worth of a, a contract and yeah. i literally could not buy myself a cheap pair of shoes <laughs> that's crazy and because i remember how bad my shoes looked and i really wanted to buy a, just a another pair of you know shoes to to wear so I looked half decent in the in the meeting. I couldn't afford it. I barely had enough money to for gas to get it there, and yet I did end up landing that deal and it being a multi million dollar deal. Uh, but I couldn't even um, I couldn't even buy a, a, a cheap pair of shoes. Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. That's very cool. Uh-huh. That definitely speaks to um, putting it all out there. Uh, yeah, I, I find that, you know, I'm, I'm ambitious. I, I've, you know, tried and failed multiple times on, you know, starting my own business and, and trying to do that thing. And I, I find that when I look back on it, any failed attempts really comes back to, did I really put my all into it? You know, did I sink, did I get down to my last couple dollars to just pay for gas to get it there? A lot of times the answer to that is no. So this is a great lesson. <laughs> you know, I really need to start putting it all in there. I did have the, well, I you know, I did have, I didn't have a family at the time, meaning I wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, that, that helps, but I actually kind of had the benefit of both because I, I went through that really hard stage and figured a lot of things out. And then I got married. I still wasn't making any money. And it was actually right around nine 11. I got married and, uh, you know, shortly after nine 11 and, or actually shortly before, excuse me, just a mm-hmm. couple months before. And so it was kind of during that, and that that was uh, uh, really slowed the economy down during that period. And uh, so, but but I did have a base, and so then then adding this the stability of a family on top of that, with you know your wife and uh, and the stability that that brings, uh, 
then mm-hmm. I, I was able to kind of put it together and actually started making money and ended up doing really, really good and built one of the largest private fleet maintenance companies in Arizona. And then we wow. spun off and built a fleet maintenance uh, software fleet. And uh, we built that, took us several years. And now it's one of the leading fleet maintenance shop management softwares in North America. And wow. so uh, I, awesome. I, I sold both those businesses now, but, um, but, you know, it ended up being a really good thing and I could have never done it without the stability of, of my wife and family. And cause then you start really making decisions that are, uh, that are, you know, strategic and uh, you really start to balance the risk, but almost at the beginning, you, you almost have to make those really, really, risky moves in order to get your feet on the ground um, but once you've made them and kind of get established of where and how to make your money and build your business then you want the stability where you're you know just progressing and not taking so much of risk that you could use it lose it all so it's kind of a balance there you know? right you're juggling <laughs> yeah. yeah well i i I love that, um, you know, all that, because I don't, I don't think the average person knows how successful of a businessman you are. I really don't, you know, at least, at least in my minimal conversation with, uh, you know, friends and people that are like, oh, you're Ammon Bundy's, you know, cousin. Um, I don't think they get that. I don't think they get how successful you are, you know, and have been in business and, and in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, you know, people in Arizona down there when I was living down there, you know, they know, but most of them weren't family and most of them, you know, were not, are not connected to uh, what's going on now because I moved up here. And uh, so, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of disconnect there, but, you know, I've hired hundreds of people. I've dealt with millions of dollars of budgets annually and built processes and procedures and policies and all of that uh, for, for, you know, a significant size business that we built from scratch. And, and then I took those businesses, um, you know, multiple businesses and I, I sold them and, and made money doing that too. So anyway, that's, that's awesome. just, yeah, it's, that's awesome. And great and great for our listeners to hear, I, I believe, you know, especially, you know, in this race and, you know, trying to make decisions on who to vote for and stuff like that. I, I think that's that's good information. You know, it's good information to know for sure. Well, it's very unfortunate that um, that speaks to how much a little bit of negative press or a lot of bit of negative press kind of, you know, affects where at, uh, or it's easy for them to hear and listen and remember to negative press as opposed to the positive things. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. I remember on my mission, um, you know, I loved my mission. I had a great time. We were really successful. Um, we had, there was a festival there. It was a water festival. And, you know, the missionaries, we did our little, you know, we did a little dance for the locals and had the, the thing. Anyways, it got posted on YouTube and it was a viral video about how, you know, this missionary was doing dances and was, you know, all breaking the rules and such. Where in reality, you know, we were doing the culture and I just remember how much negative press there was, whereas <laughs> well, it's speaking such out of context. You listen, know wet, wet t-shirt contest and white shirts. Just <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> it's a water festival, okay? <laughs> water festival. Water. <laughs> I mean, wet t-shirt contest. Listen. I'm, I'm sure that's what went out. That's funny. <laughs> it was a culture thing, okay? 
Uh, yeah. Mormon missionary uh-huh. wins wet t-shirt. With time. Yeah, don't look that up. Do not look that up. <laughs> the Thai festival. <laughs> I hate That's you guys. Great. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, but if you have anybody that truly stands up for what they believe, and like you were saying before, you learned at a young age how to produce. You don't just stand and fall away or start something and not finish it. If you're going to start something, you're going to finish it. And you learn that as a young, as a young kid, a young man. Um, so anyone that truly stands up and you see it, you know, in our religious leaders or in anybody that's successful, your name's going to go through the mud a little bit. Um, and that's just a price to pay to truly make a difference in this world. And if anybody truly wants to know, I mean, you just got to dig just a little bit more and you're tr- you're going to find the truth. And I think that's what gives these people like yourself confidence is because they're backed behind the truth of it all. Anyone can say anything and they can lie and try to push a, a different narrative. But as long as you have the truth behind you, you know that God's behind you and you're going to succeed. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, you know, I won't lie. There's There's been plenty of times I've laid down, put my head on the pillow and felt like, man, this sucks that, you know, because I, I feel like I've, I have done a lot of good things and I've been successful and all of that. And yet there's just so many lies. But all in all, it always comes down to like, I, I know that God knows. Uh, I know that those that are close to me know. And uh, that's really all I need, you know. Uh, yeah. And and in the end, I also know that in the end, all things will become known to everybody. And uh, so I, you know, I'll be patient. But uh, Mark Twain said that that the uh, the a lie goes around the world twice before the truth even gets its boots on. And uh, you know, I've I've had to, and that is true because you have to be very patient when. Something comes out, uh, especially when you're trying to accomplish something. You have to be very patient for all the lies to go everywhere. And finally, and it's it's sometimes excruciating because sometimes it might take years and years and years. Uh, even now, I mean, I know at, at some point, probably even in my lifetime, that the truth will be known and, and kind of generally accepted of what my family and I were doing and all the things that, you know, the reality and truth of things, but man, it might take, it might take a couple decades, maybe even more before that really comes out generally. And we just, you just have to be patient. And if it never comes out, you have to be okay that the Lord knows and that, uh, you know, in his, in the end and in his presence, uh, those things will be uh, available for people to understand. Yeah. Well, you know, that kind of speaks to the, the, you know, the saying that like, you know, history will treat him kindly, you know, it's some of these right. presidents and other people. It's like uh, history treats them like in while they're in the presidency, people don't like them. There's all these lies, a lot of stuff. And then, you know, years, 10 years, 20 years down the road, you, history treats them kindly, you know, and it yeah. kind of. That's kind of what we were speaking about. All those lies go away, and then the truth is left behind to to prove, you know, what's going on there. So, well, and I am prepared that if that doesn't happen, then that's that's fine. Uh, but right. It's always it's always kind of a I don't know. It'd be nice for people to be able to see the truth about you know my my father and all that because because I mean yeah. he's just what was right and 
and decided not to be one that compromised. And he didn't do it for himself either. He did it because he knew that it was a lot, that it had to do with a lot more than just running cattle in the desert, that it was about freedom. It was about the right to own and control property. It was about, you know, liberty to choose and to, you know, anyway, that's, that's what it ended up being about. That's what it was always about. And so, uh, you know, people, People will see it uh, one way, but I, you know, hopefully that those intimate truths come out and, and are generally more generally accepted. Yeah, it's true. Well, one of the you know the things about it is, is and I've often thought this is that if you were to put uh, your life um, in a movie, right, and you stick you up there. Um, I think, you know, the audience and everybody out there would be rooting for this guy that's standing for what he believes in and for, you know, has faith and that is, you know, homegrown in America, you know, lives off the land and farms and, you know, but in, in, in all, you know, practicality, it doesn't, you know, people don't want to believe that unless it's on a screen, on a silver screen, (laughs) you know, right. It's like, you know, the practice of it is maybe not there, <laughs> if that makes sense. So, no, it is. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a, there is a political agenda that we are in very much opposition to. And that those who are pushing that agenda are very powerful people with very powerful, uh, you know, resources to disseminate information. And so we end up being kind of the, the targets a lot. And anyway, it's, it's fine. It's become like normal to me. And, uh, in sometimes in some cases it's even, it's even fun to watch them get all crazy about something I'll say or do and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, <laughs> and just watch the, you know, watch i mean because i could just say one or two things and then you know next thing i know it's it's in the national you know news and uh and and anyway it's so in some ways it's it's fun to know that you're really uh you well how how do they say it Uh, that i live rent free in their minds Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you own you own real estate in their yeah. mind. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, Ammon, we're we're you know so happy you came on and chatted with us. You know, I super appreciate uh, you doing this with us. One last question for you: If you had to go on an adventure right now, one, what would it be? And two, who are the three people you'd take with you? If I had to go on an adventure, um, I would probably go to another country, um, like maybe like the mountains of Chile or something like that, and and like just explore the culture. And I would most likely uh, want to take my wife, Lisa, and. Um, and I could only take, can I take three people? You say three other people? Well, yeah, three other people. Cause it'd be fun to take my, my older children too. Um, I do yeah. have lots of friends, but that, but my we'll allow you, kinda... we'll allow you, your, your kids. Say, that's, that's a wholesome okay. answer. But yeah. I, was gonna I think say, he was, he us? was searching, he like... was searching for the trio. He was searching for you. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, okay. I, I was take, 
Jesse. I'm gonna take uh, Jake Bundy, Jesse Bundy, yeah. and Kai Webb. That's who I'm yes. gonna take. Now you're talking. <laughs> yeah, go to Chile. Chile. I speak Spanish. I'll get you the mountains. <laughs> What's that? I love it. I speak it. Spanish, I so I'll uh, <laughs> yeah, you I'll get you all the good food. And... You could keep us out of trouble there. Yeah, and that's into true. The good food. And, I don't know. But, you got yeah. three three Bundys and a web that might. Uh, that's, yeah, a little, that's, a, that's a large order. <laughs> keep out of trouble. <laughs> we know you had to say your wife and your kids, but deep down, we'll yeah, we'll we be expecting that call. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. My wife will understand. I'm sure. Right. right? <laughs> Oh man. Cool. So yeah. okay. it was really nice to talk to you. Thank you again, Ammon. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Really, yeah, nice really appreciate you. it. And, uh, you know, you, you have, you have had an effect on, on the younger generation. I mean, me and Jesse were in our twenties and, and seeing someone like you stand for what you're standing for and, and doing what you're doing, it really does, uh, mm-hmm. it guides us. So you're doing a good thing and, and we, we support you. Yeah. yeah awesome. Thank you. Keep thank it up. you so Keep much for saying so. Uh, also, you know, let let us know, you know, if there's something that we can do so we can help out in any way. Spread hey, the word. So sounds good. If you want to do this again sometime down the road, let's do yeah. it. We, okay. Very We're good. Definitely do it. That'd be awesome. So we'll hook it up. Maybe, maybe we'll have to plan that adventure for you. Oh man. <laughs> right. That would be fun. <laughs> Get you out for a weekend. So. Yeah. It, uh, well, I don't know if we can do it just a weekend unless you've got to. Uh... Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Chile might be a little hard, but we got a We'll do a little small adventure. We'll go to Boise. Yeah. We'll uh, or yeah, we'll we'll pick you up. We'll do something. Okay, fun. that sounds yeah, good. Kick the kick the dirt bikes out the out the door and go up a mountain or something. So that sounds like a lot of fun. Okay. Right. Well, thank you guys. Um, yeah, I right, appreciate it. You. We'll see you later. Okay. Until next time. Okay. Well, boys, that was pretty awesome. That was Ammon Bundy, man. That was, uh, I was very impressed. Yeah. I mean, well-spoken, cool guy, very faithful. I mean, you can just hear the faith in his voice, you know? Uh, So awesome. It's just super refreshing to have someone that uh, speaks that way and thinks that way. That's, that's willing to run. For go, you know, run for. I mean, you have people that strive to be, you know, politicians or whatever their entire life. They study it and all this kind of stuff. But to have someone who just like, I don't like what's going on, so I'm going to take it into my own hands. It's refreshing to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Well, it's easy to say that kind of stuff, um, like in the comfort of your own home or like where there's a lot of people that agree. But then, right. like, if you go out and you do that publicly and it's so hard to keep up, like, especially when you're grown up, like in the way that he did and it, and his family and everything, it's hard to keep up with the media and, and how fast and quick they are. You know what I mean? So it's, right. that's a scary thing. So, and yeah. the way they spin cool. it, like you got to be yeah. very careful with what you say and, right. and he already has, you know, a history that they can already try to spin and, and to still think, you know what, I can make a difference. That's uh mm-hmm. pretty courageous. Very cool. Yeah. Very courageous. Very good. And, you know, family guy, like good values. I mean, just all around. It's great. Is there a chili Idaho or no? <laughs> <laughs> no he's talking about chili, you know, the country. No, I'm so. thinking chili Idaho. <laughs> we might go to like a chili cook-off. We go to Chili's. Chili cook-off. Chili's. Let's go to Chili's. Yeah, let's go to Chili's. Yeah, we could just like go to Chili's for dinner and then hit the mountain for the yeah. adventure. You know? That'd be kind of funny. We get video. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. Oh, all right. Well, that was us. 
Ammon Bundy. He's running for governor of Idaho. If you didn't get that, obviously. And um, yeah, he, gave, he, he took time out of his schedule to talk to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, that speaks volumes. I mean, right. You know, well, it's, it's like, like the fourth, fourth interview today. The other three probably had yeah. like weight to them actually like yeah. helped him in some way, provided value. <laughs> and we're out here like, what like, do you like to dirt bike? <laughs> you know, oh, but I, I think these conversations are are valuable too. I think people, they are. You know, you, you get someone like that who's constantly being hammered, and to have him being a little more relaxed and talk a little bit more relaxed topics, yeah, um, and it kind of shows who he really is. And for anybody that's looking him up, you know, dig a little deeper because it, it's not just the first you know Wikipedia site with the three lines of says who he is. That's not really who a man is, and. Um, look to see really what he's standing for and make a, you know, logical decision. Um, yeah. I mean, elections I, come. sorry, I cutting you off, Kai. It's a bad habit, dude. Anyway. Um, it, the other thing to that point is, is, is like, I, I mean, I know him and I did not know how incredibly successful he was as a businessman when I knew he, you know, he had some of that stuff, but like, so I don't think the average person really gets how successful this he has been and how smart he is. You know what I mean? Um, I just don't. And so dig, dig a little bit. I think that's important to know who you're voting for. Yeah. So very cool. All right. Well, I thought it was a a success. What do you guys think? Very much so. All right. Well, this is the next time. Until the feet, baby. The unlikely trio. The unlikely trio. It's called the unlikely trio. On Spotify. On Anchor. Yeah, we just started it. Come on.